With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome to another episode of Duncan Dynasty. Anthony Brown and I would like to wish all of you listening a very pleasant holiday season and a happy new year. The episode you are about to listen to is part two of our two-part discussion on the NBA 2K franchise. If you missed part one, I urge you to go back and listen to that one first. Without further ado, here is the second portion of our discussion. I hope you enjoy. Now, you know, we've we've kind of gone over uh, what we thought are... Um, the positives of NBA 2K. Well, and I guess I should say let's let's talk a little bit more about the gameplay uh, positives. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, one of the things that stands out to me, I think that the series has done a pretty good job of, is the visual presentation. Yeah. Uh, you know, the players definitely you can tell who everyone is. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, um, I think in recent years they've done a better job of. I remember in 2K12, the game we played quite a bit. You know, some, the the body mass was a little bit off at times. Like certain players just looked, you know, yeah. absolutely bloated out there. Even though, like, pretty much all NBA players are in pretty good shape, right. even if they're big. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then other guys looked a little bit too small. You know, there there were some issues with that. But in recent years, the most recent version I've played is two K sixteen. Yeah. Uh, and in that version, it seemed like they had fixed all of those sort of visual problems uh, and the game looks great oh yeah uh, and also in terms of like um how players shoot and all that i think they do a really good job of um you know representing the different forms and all of those sorts of things uh, in a really good way definitely uh you know going through uh and like creating a player i mean one of my favorite things to do is the my player mode mm-hmm. uh, or my career type stuff where i would you know make myself And I would go through, and as I'm going through, I'm like, they've not only now got, you know, the different types of shot forms, but they've got the base of the shot. So how your legs, how your lower body goes on the shot, as well as your upper body, and not just a regular jump shot, but they, you know, they started to incorporate, like, the fadeaways and, you know, what a pull-up looks like or a spin. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of those little, those different aspects... um, you know, make the gameplay look pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, it, in that aspect of if I'm playing as LeBron James and he goes for a jump shot, it's going to look really similar to the actual LeBron James pulling up for a jump shot. Right. Um, which is one of the things that annoyed me with some of the other games, with like, you know, some of the NBA Live games back when I would play them. A lot of the jump shots looked pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone's crossover looked exactly the same. Um, and it just wasn't as realistic. So I remember the moment I realized that NBA Live was never going to catch up with 2K. <laughs> uh, they, um, 
they were gone for a while, for yeah. a few years, and then uh, there was one year where uh, I believe they almost came out. They had actually fully developed the game and actually had sent a few copies out to people, but then at the last second pulled it back. Uh, I don't know if you remember oh, that. I think um, so. I think I played the demo for this game. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> speaking of said demo, I played that demo as well, and, you know... This demo is trying to basically convince you that this is a good basketball game. Yeah. And I believe the person in the demo was Brandon Jennings, was the player (laughs) that you could play as. I think so. And Brandon Jennings is left-handed in real life. And in the demo, he shot (laughs) right-handed. It's like, you picked a specific player, (laughs) and you're trying to convince me that this is a good game yet okay yeah (laughs) so like you know as much as as much as we're probably going to get into the nitty-gritty and why you know some of the things we dislike about nba 2k it's certainly been better than its competition Um, but just unfortunately the competition hasn't been good enough to push it to the levels that we wanted to go yeah the, the one i was thinking of was the nba live game where the lower body and upper body had two separate controls um, which I get the idea, right, that you can cross over independently of where your legs are, but it, it ended up being this very awkward thing where, say, your, bo- your guy is going to the left, and then your, the upper body, almost like a toy, is just going right, left, right, left, right, left, in a very unrealistic way that no one would ever do in a basketball right. game. Uh, and I remember playing that, and I was like, okay, this is, this is dumb. <laughs> It's, it's one of those things that, like, uh, you know, on paper at first it sounds good, but the more you think about it and the more you actually see it in execution, you realize, like, no, this is just silly. It just looks silly, and it's just not going to work. Yeah. It's too complicated of a mechanic to have in a, in a basketball game. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly the visuals are well done. As as we went into long detail, the, the legendary teams and the, the amount of, uh, time and effort and resources they put into yeah. getting those those players on the game is is really great. Uh, uh, gameplay wise, uh, are there any things that stand out as positives to you about it? Um, I'm trying to like separate that from like the the animation standpoint. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it, a lot of the way like players will move in terms of each individual player looks pretty realistic. I like the mannerisms. I remember the first year. I, I saw LeBron James at the foul line, you know, like biting his nails and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a really cool addition, like something subtle. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a good point. Uh, you know, uh, you, you think about like even different, you, you mentioned the different ways uh, in my player that you could change the jump shot and how that looks. Yeah. But even stuff like layups, I, I remember noticing pretty early on playing the game that like even guys like Rajon Rondo, how he kind of does a finesse sort of layup and you could even see... Uh, it looked different between him and how LeBron, you know, just powers to the hoop. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, again, going back to the visuals, because I don't, I don't think either of us have a ton of positives for the gameplay. Uh, right, that's but, right. <laughs> but uh, certainly the visuals are, are a big plus. And they do a, a decent job, I'll say decent, of, like, a guy running up the court, there are times where they'll do little animation things that, like, it makes it look more natural mm-hmm. and less like a video game person just robotically yes. pounding the ball up the court. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, in terms of some of the animations of people like coming off screens looks okay when it's in the right situation. 
Um, but I know we're going to get into like some issues that you've got like with defensively the rotations that they have, mm-hmm. um, and you know, people cutting to the basket or not cutting to the basket when basketball one on one would tell you to do that. So yeah, um, um, yeah. I guess I guess one sort of positive. I I, I guess it's um, you know in one way positive and one way negative. I think the shot timing hmm. is uh, you know is a very unique and interesting, uh, you know, thing to, you know, sort of take you out of the monotony of just shooting the ball. Right. You know, the fact that the players have different timings of their shot that you have to, if you get the timing perfect, you know, certain guys like Steph Curry have a quick release, so you're not going to hold the thing very long, right. the shot button long. And if you do it perfect, he's more likely to make the shot. Uh, so, you know, I, I enjoy it from the, the standpoint of, you know, just pressing a button and he shoots it is kind of boring. Right. You do that, you know, you shoot 80 times plus times a game. Uh, you know, the idea to make it a little bit more enjoyable, a little bit more skill-based is a great idea. I don't necessarily love the execution, though, uh, because it seems to me like there's four or even five levels of timing. Hmm. And the guys that have the exceptionally long releases, which, um, you know... The long releases aren't necessarily the guys that take a long time to shoot, but they just have a unique form that the game wants to fully represent. But it actually negatively impacts you taking their shots Hmm. because guys are more likely to block them. It's also a lot harder in the pressure situation to, um, you know... Be willing to hold the thing for a full second. Right. You know, you you almost have to have played with each player in the entire game in order to know how to effectively shoot with each player. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things back when I would play online against uh, other people would annoy me is there would be, uh, say, like a point guard who was decent at, at threes but wasn't great at it. Um, well, my opponent would just have their three down, and they would shoot twenty threes with the guy, and they'd make nineteen of them. You know, and so <laughs> yeah. like I'm trying to play a realistic basketball game where I'm working it in the post, I'm doing pick and rolls, and they're just sprinting down the court and chucking up threes, and I'd end up getting beat most of the time, right? With online play, and so that's the type of thing that would frustrate me with that as well. Um, and again, going back to what I said was I didn't like how they executed it. That's another thing is, you know, there's got to be some sort of an algorithm in terms of weighing how important the person's three-point rating is and the quality of the look, you know, how open the player is, and the timing, right? Right. So, to me, the timing heavily outweighs in the NBA 2K series the quality of the shot and the the rating of the um, three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh to me, it should be the opposite. To me, the timing should be the least important thing. Hmm. It should have a small impact, but the quality of the well, the quality of the shot and how good the player is at shooting, um, you know, to me, have to be the most important factors uh, because, you know, half of the the job of making a three point shot is you know <laughs> creating a double team, drawing in the defense. And kicking the ball around and getting an open three for a shooter that yeah. can make threes. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the most frustrating things that I remember, you know, that would set us off when the three of us were playing in college would be, you know, you 
do the offense amazingly. You whip it around. You get a wide open shot in the corner by a good three point shooter, and then they just brick it. Yeah. And like, if if I swing the ball around and I'm playing as the Heat in 2012, 2013, 14, Ray Allen is shooting the three <laughs> from the corner. That's going in unless, most of the time. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It's going in, <laughs> even if my timing might be a little off. It's that should be a good shot because yeah. I I did the work to get the good shot. Um, and I know that they do have an algorithm for all those things. It's just tweaking it a little bit in our mind as, you know, consumers of the game and, and right. fans of basketball to try and make it a little more realistic. Like, reward the player for getting a good shot more so than just being able to time it right and just chuck up a three. Yeah. And, like, certainly skill should matter. Totally. Your ability to do the timing should matter. Yeah, uh, effectively, I should the timing effectively, I should say, should matter. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of how much. Yeah, you shouldn't be hitting with a guy that's got a, a rating of like sixty-five on threes, shooting a three four feet behind the three-point line with a full contest. Right. Just because you get a perfect timing, the ball shouldn't go in. Right. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> most of the time that would be a miss, and that's in a real circumstance where that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, in my eyes. I think a, a more reasonable thing would be to have two different timings, hmm. uh, just one for quick releases, one for longer releases. Okay. Um, you know, and they wouldn't be a super exaggerated version where one you could get off in half a second, the other one in a, in like three fourths of a second. You know, it right. wouldn't be this. I I almost felt like it hmm. was the quickest shots was a half a second, the longest shots took two full seconds to release. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, in real basketball with as good of athletes as much as they're running out and contesting, like, if you take two seconds to shoot, you're not going to get it off most of the time. Right. Um, so that would be that would be something I would change. Okay, so um, I think we've gone far enough into the positives. Uh, yeah. So gameplay-wise... Um, Let's get into some of the things that uh, that you dislike. Uh, first off, um, what are some things defensively that uh, that, that annoyed you? Um, I don't know. I just I felt that rotations. Even though I, I will, I guess, give them credit that um, I noticed from year to year there would be improvements on some of the AI on how they move around. There were some times where just uh, you know. My, I'm guarding a guy and someone else on my defense is coming over during like a my player mode and someone else is wide open. And I'm like, there's the rotation naturally that we learned from even way back in high school basketball would be that other guy would go out and help out on the open guy. They wouldn't just leave some wide open person, especially if it's like a Ray Allen from three. Right. So maybe that's a good thing to go into. Like um, knowing who you're playing against uh, you're not going to leave that guy wide open for a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What about you? I just I remember being very frustrated sometimes with the rotations. Yeah, and I think, again, you, you talk about the AI, um, which again, artificial intelligence uh, right. of the players. Uh, I think one of the problems is, you know, you've got, in in the sport of basketball, you've got matchups, right? Right. Um, but I think too often in the game, the players aren't intelligent enough to recognize that, like, even if it's not your matchup, if a guy's running to the right. basket, you need to just guard him. 
Right. You know, if if a guy's wide open in the corner, you need to go out and contest and let the rest of your teammates figure out it from there. Right. You know, and I think that that's a big problem. It almost feels too much like this is my guy. I have to stick with him, and uh, you know, all other help responsibilities are kind of you know pointless. Right. Yeah. There there are times some like. They're guarding their guy, and say your guy beats you off the dribble and gets a wide-open, uncontested layup inside, and the center's just standing there like, but my guy's out here on the wing. That yeah. would never happen in a real basketball game. Right. Um, and the, the, the spacing, I think, is another thing, both on offense and defense. Yeah. Not only how the offense spaces the floor, but then how the defense reacts to that. Yeah. You know, for instance, a guy like Andre Robertson on Oklahoma City who can't really shoot at all most guys, you know, would play yeah. way off of him. Uh, but in the game, it would, uh, you know, the guy would pretty much stick right to him. And, you know, there are these settings in the main menu that you right. can go and, adjust, and and do the matchups and say, like, I want to sag off this guy. But in reality, you shouldn't have to go and do that yourself. The guy, The defender should recognize, okay, this guy's not a three-point shooter. Right. I'm not going to close out hard to him. I'm not going to deny him the basketball in the three-point line. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and then you, you know, you've also got things like, you know, um, I guess let's get into the offensive spacing. That's the thing that drove me nuts with the game. Yeah. Um, because, again, like you were saying earlier, I like to play, you know, how I would normally watch or play the game myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I would like to execute, like throw it into the post, draw the double team, pass it, like you know, swing it, get to the open shooter, yeah, uh, or you know, drive and kick and, and get an op- get open shots, you know, through that sort of uh, team basketball. And too many times, I would have a guy drive drive to the basket, draw the defense, kick it to the corner, uh, the defender comes to stop him, pass it to the wing. He, there should be a guy standing there wide open for a three, but for some reason he's standing near half, half court. court. Yeah, <laughs> you catch it. You obviously can't shoot it from there. By the time you dribble into the three point line to get the shot off, the defense has caught up to you. Yeah, there's no reason for a guy on offense to ever be out there by <laughs> half court. Um, yeah, it, like things like that. Um, the person not spotting up on the three-point line, you know, where they're supposed to be, or if they're, like, my center spotting up on the three-point exactly. line as opposed to going to, like, maybe for a 15-footer or a 17-footer and in the, spotting up In there. the same way I mentioned the defense, like, you know, don't deny Andre Robertson standing on the three-point line. If you're Andre Robertson, cut occasionally because right. you're not a good three-point shooter. Cutting to the basket is probably a good idea for you because you're more effective making layups. Right. You know, and guys like Tristan Thompson don't stand on the three-point line. He's a guy that sets screens on the perimeter. Right. But other than that, that's the only time he's on the perimeter. Right. Every other situation, he's rolling to the rim or near the rim to catch and finish. Right. And that's just how he is as a player. That's I don't think that's just a symptom of the offensive scheme that he's in. I think any offensive scheme would want him to do those things because he's good at those things. Right. He's not good at spotting up on three. There's too many times where you're dribbling around in 2K and it feels like everyone else is just kind of like on the perimeter moving with you as opposed to like cutting, setting screens, and moving where yeah. 
basketball is kind of constant movement like that. Um, but yeah, that's the, the whole point of, of uh, you know, effective offense is putting your players in the best position to succeed. And if Tristan Thompson's at the three-point line, you're driving to the basket, his man is helping prevent you from scoring at the basket, mm-hmm. and the only option you have is to pass it to Tristan Thompson right. standing at the three-point line. You've ruined the possession already. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking of, you know, driving with Jordan and kicking out to Bill Cartwright on the three <laughs> and being frustrated. Like, there's no way that would ever happen. Right. Um, and, you know... Uh, I think we both hate the whole thing with the dribbling where uh, the offensive player, whenever there's any sort of contact, just seems to lose all of his athleticism in an instant and just fumbles the ball. Any amount of contact by the defender just makes him lose all of his bodily functions. (laughs) Um, And this is what, again, I hate bringing up, uh, you know, with Nick, but that I think that was Nick's special specialty playing against us on defense was knowing how to position his defender in such a way that he would just run. We'd run into him, and our guy would just drop the ball. He'd get the ball, go to the other side. We'd be yelling at him like, "That's not real defense. You can't do that in actual basketball." And he'd be like, "What? What do I do? This yeah. is good defense. Play the game." Um, play the game and and his defense i feel like i probably overused the whole pump fake thing in 2k that one of the things that i found that if you're inside and you do a pump fake and do an up and under it works 99 percent of the time not only will you fake the guy out but you'll get the shot and an and one most of the time yeah um not super realistic. You, yeah. If you could do that every single time, then you would do that in a real game every time. Yeah, and, you know, I think our biggest complaint, uh, you know, with the way... Uh, um, Nick, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh, with the way Nick uh, Nick played the game was uh, that it was all about taking advantage of the flaws in the game itself. You know, as right. opposed to playing a realistic form of basketball, which us as basketball purists want right. to do. Right. It's um, more fun for us to do that. Than, yes. Um, that's, again, with the online version with just chucking up threes. While effective in the game, it's taken advantage of, of the game because no game is perfect. But it's more fun for me to play against someone who's actually doing it correctly yeah um and then beating me then i would have to give them props well and the whole idea of um you know steals i think nick was uh, another thing that annoyed me about playing him was how uh you know he consistently hit the steal button um you know pretty much any time there was a defense he was on defense he would press the steal button at least 15 times (laughs) right and in real life, if you're gambling that much, going for steals, you're either going to foul out in five minutes, right, or, or you're, you're going to just continue to put yourself out of position. Right. Uh, but uh, in the game, in 2K, it seems like a failed attempt at a steal doesn't really hurt you. Right. And Unless it's it pretty, happens to be a foul. Right. Uh, which was a lot rarer than it probably should have been, <laughs> yeah. that you would commit a foul attempting a steal. And, and he would just hit it so many times that eventually he would get a steal at some point. Right. Uh, because, you know, 
the idea of pressing steel at the appropriate moment and with the right timing and all of that, uh, that's all good. But if you're if you're just constantly hitting steel, yeah. you eventually you know you're just going to get lucky and hit it at the right time. Right. Uh, so that would be something you know that I would change. Um, you know, we'll we'll get into that here in a bit, but would be. You know, with steals, uh, especially, and even with taking charges, I think was another thing that really okay. annoyed me, <laughs> was charges essentially were always just straight-up contact to the chest charge or complete misses of the body entirely. Right. Um, you know, you'd set to take a charge, and he'd just be stiff as a board. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times... Uh, you know, even though you'd recognize it as the ball handler and you'd move to the side, it still would just, like, bring the body back and hit into him. Exactly. Yep. That's another thing online that would happen all the time. Like, they would full court press me and just sprint in front of me and try and set up for a charge. And they would get, like, my guy would be, like, magnetically pulled into him yes. to knock him over. Um, whereas if you do that in a real game and you just run in front of someone trying to take a charge, they're going to get a block call, <laughs> you know, f- favorably, or they're just going to run around you. Yeah. Um, there's no way that, that would happen like that. Well, and, another thing I'd like to see that would sort yeah. of, um, change that a little bit, that whole idea of like magnetically pulling the player towards him would be like, if you take a charge have the guy like attempt to like slide in front of him to take the charge hmm. you know and like or like just kind of angle his body okay uh, and that way you know it wouldn't just literally be either full contact or no contact there could be like genuinely you would see contact that would be a block right you know which almost never happened <laughs> um and then also like uh you know if if you were in a position to take a charge and he avoids you completely enough that even like sliding a little bit, you can't touch him, then he clearly, or you clear, it clearly wasn't a good attempt exactly. to take a charge in that situation. The player wasn't out of control. He was able to easily avoid you. Right. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've basically gone over most of the of the gameplay things, I feel like, at this point. Is there anything else, um, offensively or defensively, gameplay-wise, that, uh, that you wanted to mention before we move on? Um, not really. Um, did you want to go into the different modes of, of oh, yeah, sure. real quick? Um, That's the only other thing I can think of. Uh, so... Uh, you were you're really into the my player, which yeah. Um, I've never been into my player mostly because, and I think this is mostly just because I'm a control freak a little bit. In that, I don't like to pass the ball and then have <laughs> the computer be controlling other players, right. and I'm just standing there waiting for the computer to do something stupid. Right. You know that's what bothered me most about my player. <laughs> the idea of creating a guy and building him up and all of that is fun. But I just hate the idea of not having control at all times, if that makes sense. No, I, it totally makes sense. The I don't understand anyone who would play that mode uh, as any position other than point guard. Because for me... <laughs> yeah, imagine like, playing that as center. Yeah. <laughs> as a like, center. Well, it'll happen usually at the beginning of my career. They'll put me as a shooting guard, even though I'm a like six set, whatever the max height point guard is. Uh 
they'll put me at a shooting guard, and that sucks because I can't call plays, and like you're saying, I'm just there, like an actual basketball game, waiting for them to pass me the ball. Right. And setting a screen here and there. Uh, you know, I can't call for pick and roll if I don't have the ball. Whereas if I'm a point guard, I've got control over running plays, I can isolate, I can do pick and rolls, and so... And that way I can engineer the game to not only score 30-plus points, but also get the 15 rebounds and assists. And that's fun for me. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know you like to do the uh, the association modes, right? Yeah. So my, my favorite thing to do with the association was... Well, and it's funny. My favorite thing to do was not play the games at all. <laughs> um, and that yes. might tell you uh, about how much I actually enjoy the gameplay. I did much. <laughs> Um, especially against the computer because I find the computer to just be, um, you know, basically the same thing every time. There's no difference between playing the Boston Celtics or the Atlanta Hawks or the Minnesota Timberwolves. It all feels the same. And, uh, you know, it's just really boring. And a lot of those complaints I've had about the gameplay just infuriate me constantly throughout. (laughs) So uh, what I would do is I would draft, like... Uh, I would do the draft where you don't pick, like, a specific team without an already set roster. You do, like, the whole, like, all the players are put into a pool and you draft, like, in snake fashion. Right. And I would always, like, figure out what pick I could get that was, like, uh, you'd still get a superstar, but then in the in the next round coming back, you could still get a really good secondary player yeah. and all of that. Um, but I would pick all guys that had, like, the A potential oh. meter. Nice. And uh, so uh, what I would do is each month uh, on the calendar, you could have like a certain amount of um, train. Uh, you could do a certain amount of training of your players and that would improve specific skills. So I would like make my centers that were like 40, like their rating was 40 on three pointers. I would turn them into like 80 uh, three point shooters <laughs> Um because you could just do that month by month, just train them in three-point shooting, train them in three-point shooting. <laughs> right. So I would just improve all my, my team's weaknesses, and then I would just sim all the games. Yeah. And then in the off-season, my players, because they were young and had super high potential, would, would become crazy good. Eventually, my team would be just like a whole bunch of 95 overall rated players. Yeah. And then I would play uh, like two or three games with them because I just wanted to try them out, and then I would start again. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's essentially like the, the main thing I would be doing on the game. The, um, yeah. but, that, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed doing that. It, it's fun to, have, to sort of be, you can kind of be the GM role right. in that as well, where you're signing free agents, you're... Um, extending guys' contracts and all that sort of thing, which I which I enjoy to do as well. Yeah, with with my player, you definitely don't have that that uh, creative control. Um, <laughs> the most you can do is I actually through playing. I think it was two K fourteen is the one that I still have. I've played up through two K sixteen, but um, I got better at the ask the GM thing and you know like recommending different players. So at one point, my team was. Me at point guard, a 6'7", like 225, 99 overall, whatever. Um, I think at shooting guard, I had Eric Gordon, I had Kawhi Leonard, I had Anthony Davis, um, uh, DeMarcus Cousins at, at center, and then I think I had Ryan Anderson coming off the bench at power forward. Um, 
I think JJ Redick was also on the, I had a really stacked team. Yeah. Like I started off with a crappy Sounds team like and then just like, hey coach, I really want Anthony Davis and then they trade for that guy specifically. I'm like, Oh, cool. Um yeah, I, I, I get that with the association mode. Have you did you ever do any of the other like playoffs or franchise stuff? Not, not too much really. Um I uh I guess I would occasionally do the playoffs and like set my own bracket and sort sort of like resemble what the current NBA standings were and okay. and play out the playoffs a little bit. I also would do um uh playoffs with like the legendary teams as well and oh, do nice. like the the different matchups that I really enjoyed and play out those a little bit. Nice. Um yeah. But uh, another mode I really liked, which they did for a few years, I think when they introduced Michael Jordan, which I think was 2K11, yeah. I think was when they introduced Michael, uh, they had like a um, sort of thing where you would play through his career moments sort of yeah. thing. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then the following year, they even had like a, a different one that wasn't as MJ focused. It was just legend moments and yep. that sort of thing. Yep. I, I really enjoyed playing those. and. Uh, and, and doing all that. I really did. Uh, it was tough with, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of the flu game. What they did was uh, <laughs> they they did some weird thing to the stamina bar on, on Michael Jordan. For, those, oh. for anyone who doesn't know, the flu game is, um, which game is it in, in 1997 NBA Finals, Bulls versus the Utah Jazz? Isn't it? It's, it's game four or five, I thought. I think it might be five. Yeah, five uh, sounds right. In, in Utah, Michael Jordan apparently uh, got the stomach flu or had flu-like symptoms, as they said. Um, they, they thought it was food poisoning or whatever, but uh, the dude probably should not have been, you know, out of bed, let alone on an NBA court, yeah. and ends up having a ridiculously amazing game, leading his team to the win, um, and also so- helped solidify, in my mind, one of the reasons why he's, I think, the greatest player to ever play, that yeah. he's that sick and he's still playing on that level. Um, anyway, what they do on on that mode that you're talking about is they did some weird thing where his stamina bar is stuck at, like, 10%, mm-hmm. and so he's just constantly tired. Yeah. And, okay, go beat the Utah Jazz. And I'm like, I don't think this is what the flu is like <laughs> in real life. Um, I don't know how to simulate having the flu. But, yeah. Um, no, that was a weird sidetrack, but I. But no, yeah, that that was really fun. There was other things like, um, uh, this wasn't obviously Reggie Miller's not in the game, but it was an example of something that they would do would be like, you know, there's 16 seconds left, go score eight points like Reggie Miller did, you know, exactly. and that sort of thing. So it just puts you in like different kinds of scenarios right. that have happened in NBA history, which yeah. is which is kind of a fun little little thing to do you know and the closest we can ever get to actually doing it ourselves right and they could do that with the gameplay of like they could you know try and recreate they could do that reggie miller one they could do like your john havlicek and you have to steal the ball from <laughs> from will chamberlain out of bounds to win the championship that's just off the top of my head but i'm thinking there's probably better you know ones that you could do score 60 against uh, the the um Atlanta Hawks as Larry Bird, yeah, you know, and uh, that type of thing. And you can even do like little cutaway things. Like from that, you'd see the people on the the Atlanta Hawks players on the bench going crazy as you're hitting these threes and stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, it wouldn't just have to be Michael Jordan focused. Um, I, I think that'd be fun. Right. Um, yeah. I, um, again, haven't played the 
last for two versions and maybe they have added that back but i i felt I like they so. did it for a couple of years and then they kind of stopped i wish they kind of yeah. kept that going um but uh so yeah that's that's essentially all we really have about the modes or whatever but yeah. um i wanted to uh kind of go into the nitty-gritty here okay. uh, and uh, talk about um if we were to make this game and we had the ability to um you know make the control scheme how we wanted it and the best way to make it not only a realistic simulation of basketball but you know a, a simulation and, and a, a game that's manageable for someone just picking it up uh, off the street that had never played it before yeah um uh you know i think the whole the way they do it now where the right stick is shooting and dribbling i think is a, is a little bit too complicated a yeah. lot of times, and again, I've played many hours of 2K, and even I would have problems with it, where, um, you know, I would be trying to do a dribble move and he would shoot, or I'd be trying to shoot a layup yeah. and, you know, you'd be under the basket and he would dribble it out of bounds. Like, yep. you know, there'd be so many of those instances yeah. uh, where it would just be so frustrating, and it was in large part because the control scheme was a little bit too complicated. Yeah. So I've sort of been working on a... You got a little bit of a look at it before we started recording. But I've been working on... And, uh, you know, this is a total waste of time, but I did it anyway. Um, I've been working on my own way that uh, that I would set up um, what buttons do what for the game. So... Uh, just to give you an idea, we're working off of like the the typical Xbox controller here, where A is the there's four buttons on the the top right portion of the controller. Uh, a is at the bottom. You've got B on the right. You've got Y on the top, and X on the left. Right. Yep. You've got a left stick, you know, that controls. Uh, you've got a right stick, like analog sticks. Right. Uh, you've got two bumpers, and you've got two triggers uh, that. Uh, the bumpers are with your index fingers, and the triggers are with your middle fingers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, first off, I have the A button being a pass, which I believe is the same as it is in the yeah. real game. Um, the difference here is uh, I have um, the left and right bumpers as alternates to all of the, the different buttons. Right. So, if you pressed A with, for instance, the right bumper it would become a bounce pass, whereas just the regular A is a chess pass. If you pressed A with the left bumper, it would be a lob pass. Uh, and I think one of the problems I've had with 2K, and again, maybe they've changed this, was they essentially had just an alley-oop pass mm -hmm. that was, um, you know, and they didn't have like something like a lob pass where you could throw it over the top. Now, you were mentioning maybe that they, they changed that in later versions, but I don't yeah. believe they had it in the version we were playing with 2K12. Yeah. Oh, they definitely did in 2K12, <laughs> which made it infuriating when you tried to pass it into the post. Um, I think it might have been with 2K16 that they introduced a lob pass, but again, I didn't think, it, at least in that version, it was very effective because I would try and do it, and the defense would just steal it from me. And I'm like, well, then what's the point of having... Or what normally would happen, you'd do the lob pass and the guy would just, like, open arms, miss the ball, and the ball would go out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I read it right. The, the <laughs> defender is fronting the post. 
this is the correct time to throw a lob. Why is my ball going out of bounds now? Right. Um, that's the most frustrating thing is because that's that's the whole point of a sports game is, you know, executing the right control action at the right moment. Right. And when you do that and you still fail, it's frustrating. Right. Like, that's what's that's what's fun about sports games is when you do the right thing at the right time and it works, that's what's fun. Right. Um, like, if you want it to be different, then you could do different modes where it's a simulation mode versus a casual mode where maybe casual means those things don't matter as much and you can just <laughs> chuck up threes and it's fine. Yeah. But I always felt like the default versus simulation versus casual, there weren't a whole lot of changes in those sliders, uh, in terms of the gameplay that I saw. They, You're talking it, about the difficulty slider? or Well, so there's difficulty, like, rookie through, like, Hall of Fame, but uh -huh. then there's also, like, um, a default setting, a simulation setting, and I think all it did was... Yeah, it maybe it changed the difficulty um, a little bit. I probably just stayed with default, because I never messed with that. But yeah. No, I changed I, the difficulty settings at times. Yeah, but. I tried the those other sliders, and it didn't really affect it hmm. to, to me yeah um but the other thing too is you, you mentioned now that they probably do have a lob pass but do they also have an alley-oop i think so i think i've seen because i don't get why there needs to be a uh, there needs to be two of those like yeah. can't again with intelligent ai can't the guy interpret whether it's a guy fronting in the post and you're throwing it to him to catch it so then he yeah. can finish Versus if a guy's streaking down the lane wide open, you throw a lob pass, that's for an alley-oop. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I've never really had much success with alley-oops on that game unless it's a wide open fast break. You know, I try and do it when people are in the lane and, and it just never seems to work for, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you had success with it. but um, So now looking at the dribbling, um, because I don't like the, the whole idea of the right stick being dribbling and shooting... I um, I essentially made it so that the right stick is just for shooting, but then the there's a couple buttons that control the dribble moves. So B would be a crossover, and then again with the the bumpers being the alternates. If you press the uh, the left bumper with B, it's a between the legs crossover, and then if you do the right bumper with B, it's an in and out dribble. Mm -hmm. So so one alternate is like essentially the opposite of a crossover the in and out yeah and then the other alternate is just a variation of the crossover which is a between the legs yeah which um you know i know with like tim hardaway he was a guy that uh you know had that famous move where he would go between the legs and then a crossover right and it's nice to have that variation where you know you can with base just pressing two buttons and then one button you can execute that pretty easily yeah so X is spin, and uh, X with um, X with the right bumper would be a fake spin. So obviously the opposite of spin. Right. Uh, X with the left bumper would be a behind the back dribble. Okay. Um, so not exactly. A, I don't think there is any sort of variation of a spin, but it is a move that people use, and would it'd be nice to have. Right. Um, I mean, essentially, I'm hoping that you can do everything that NBA players do in this. That's, like, my goal. Right. Uh, and you can do it relatively easily, you know, with just a little bit of practice. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Y button would be a um, a step back. Okay. Okay. 
and then the Y with the right bumper would be a jump stop, and then the Y with the left bumper would be a Euro step. Mm. Okay, um, and I feel like that basically covers most of the dribble moves. The only one I was thinking of that maybe isn't covered yet would be the hesitation, but I almost think you could just execute a hesitation just by using the left stick, which is the movement, right, right. where you push the left stick forward to go, then you pull it, you let go of it for a second, and then push it again would right. be a hesitation move, so you wouldn't even necessarily need a button to execute that sort of a move. Right, yeah. Um, any thoughts on any of that? Like uh, any dribble moves or, or anything that you can think of that I'm, I'm leaving out or uh, anything that you think could be um, executed a little more efficiently as far as that control scheme goes? No, I, I, I think that's pretty good in, in terms of... Um, I, I think you're right. Like if I'm pushing the left stick forward for moving forward and then I pull back, um, it, it wouldn't make much sense for an NBA player to go forward and then turn around and, and run that's the what other he direction. does. I feel like in two K, right? Um, um, or would just kind of stop and just back up, you know? And where it makes more sense to have them actually do a kind of step back athletic move that you would see, you know? right? No one on a basketball court is going to just back up <laughs> ten feet from the basket. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's pretty good. Um, well, and another thing, you know, in terms of the, you know, NBA 2K has a sprint button, mm -hmm. which I've never been a fan of the sprint button in sports games, to okay. be honest with you. Hmm. Uh, I think, you know, again, you've got an analog stick that has different variations. You can push it all the way. Mm -hmm. You can push it three quarters of the way you can push it halfway you can push it a quarter of the way or you can have it stationary yeah you know so just pushing the left stick all the way down would be essentially a sprint mm. whereas yeah. if you're pushing it three quarters that'd be more of a you know a, a jog close to a run yeah and a halfway would be more of a walking sort of thing you know so i like that i, I feel like a lot of sports games waste buttons uh, doing things that shouldn't even, aren't even necessary. Hmm. You know, like uh, another another idea I had was the whole like they have they dedicate a button for icon passing and icon switching, mm -hmm. um, which you know that's nice to have. You want to be able to if you you mentioned when you play you like to uh, you know pick out a specific pass at times. Right, um, like if I'm if I'm LeBron, LeBron's amazing this in real life of you know seeing that the guy's wide open in the corner, but he's on like say the right corner's open, but LeBron's on the left wing, he can zip it over there. Yeah, well, you know if I push the regular pass button, it's just going to go to the guy closer. It's nice to do that every now and then. Right. Um, uh, my way of doing icon passing would be just clicking in the right stick. So utilizing that click-in feature, you know, so it's you still have the right stick as shooting, but then you can get another thing out of it. Right. You know, and I also thought in terms of the dribbling with the left stick, clicking it in would pick up the dribble. Mm. Uh, right, right. So, for instance, uh, if you're being pressured, you know, some, some team is... Uh, it's late in the game and they're trying to steal it from you and you're dribbling, you could pick it up to try to 
secure it. Or if you're in the post and a double team comes, instead of like having to make the quickest of decisions to pass it right. and or shoot it before the double team gets there, you could pick it up. And again, if you're a seven-footer or something in the post, yeah. you could survey and figure out and click in the right stick and make the right pass, you know. That's awesome. Um, I like that a lot. I like both of those a lot. Yeah. Uh, and again, being able to do things without having to um, make it correspond with a specific button allows you to do more things with the buttons themselves. Uh, and again, I, I love the idea of the alternate button, like the bumper buttons being alternate so that you can essentially with one button you can do like, for instance, with the, the B button being a crossover with the alternates, just by pressing the B button, uh, you can do three different things. Yeah. You know, and I think that's so crucial to being able to do all the variety of moves that, that a basketball player can do in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so now uh, going to the triggers, I feel like the left trigger would be um, activate a post-up or a defensive dribble. So mm-hmm. again, that would be AI depending on your positioning. If you're near half court and they're pressing you, and you activate the post. He's not going to go into a post like seriously trying to score. He's going to be more protecting the ball, you know, using his off arm mm-hmm. and sort of putting the ball behind his legs to kind of shield it. Right. Um, and uh, and with the with the post up activated, uh, you can sort of change some things because when you're backing down. Uh, you're not going to be executing like crossovers and stuff because that's for when you're faced up. Uh, so that opens up a button, the B button when you're when you're posting up that would be used for a hard back down. Yeah. So that would be an interesting thing where you could take a gamble. Maybe you'll get called for a charge, but at the same time you're going to make up more ground, get closer to the basket right. using that. Um, and then. Uh, a lot of those, like, A, obviously, passing would still be the same out of the post. Uh, X would be, like, a, a spin move out of the post. Mm-hmm. Uh, y would be, instead of a step back, would be a drop step when, you're post, when you've got the post up activated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, in terms of your shooting, one of the things that annoyed me about the 2K games was whenever I was in the post... Depending on the distance, it would determine what shot you took. So if you were like 10 feet away from the basket, you would always do jump hooks, 10 feet and in, or something like that. And if I'm like MJ, Mm -hmm. even if I'm at 10 feet, I'd rather take a a fadeaway from there than take a left-handed jump hook, you know? Um, So I think it's important to be able to differentiate those, and that's where... uh, you know, those alternate buttons can, again, help you. Yeah. Whereas, if you're in the post and you just use the right stick to shoot, it would always be just a, a fadeaway, an actual jump shot. Whereas, if you activate it with the left bumper, they would do more jump hooks, or Kareem might do a sky hook, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, I think that, uh, that would be a really nice uh, um, way to make it so different players you know you can utilize their strengths you know and especially with guys with specific ratings like kevin McHale is going to have a really high jump hook rating you know so you want to be taking probably more jump hooks with him and that also opens up his up and under move you know 
Uh, whereas, again, a guy like Kobe or MJ, their rating is going to be high in fadeaway, so you want to be able to take the fadeaway regardless of the distance to the hoop. Yeah, I like this. I, I like having the, the bumper be the modifier because, yeah, in other games, when it's just the shot stick, if it's not completely perfect in one direction, you might want to do this. Like, I'm trying to do a hook with Kareem, but I did it a little bit wrong, so he's going to do a fadeaway now. And he's fading out of bounds, and it goes out of bounds for some reason. Yeah. Okay, that's another animation that I would hate shooting out of bounds. <laughs> but yes, uh, I think that's pretty good so far. Well, and the um, the other thing um, I didn't mention yet uh, that works with the passing and everything as well is the, the length of time you hold the button changes things. So, for instance, with the... Um, when you go to make a pass, you were mentioning with LeBron James, say you're on the, the right wing and you're trying to throw to the left corner... The longer you hold A, the more he's going to throw a long-distance pass. So the more likely he is to make that pass to that guy in the opposite corner. Hmm. Whereas if you tap A, he's going to make a shorter distance pass. Yeah. And with only four other teammates, you know, most of the time, uh, if you hold the button the correct amount of time for the guy that you're targeting to, to pass the ball to, it's going to be, um, you know, at least a 50% shot of, of getting it to the right guy. Yeah, and you were saying that this... You're basing this off of uh, with soccer games, yes. right? That this is how they do passing with soccer, right? And they do um, they do shooting with uh, in Pez, uh, Pro Evolution Soccer as well, where the longer you hold the shot button determines the trajectory of the shot. Hmm. So if you just tap um, tap the shot button, he hits the the shot along the ground. Hmm. Whereas if you hold the shot button, he he hits it up in the air. Um, and with passing, the if you just tap the A button, it'll just make a really short pass. If you hold the A button, he makes a long distance pass. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously I, I play more soccer games, so um, you know, learning things like that and, and incorporating that into a basketball game I think would be positive. And, and soccer, you've got ten different guys you can pass to at any one right. time. And I usually feel like in soccer games, it's it's making the right decision uh, in terms of who I want to get the ball to. And so it should be easier mm-hmm. with just four on the court. Right. Um, so the, uh, the other trigger would activate um, the pick and roll. So the right trigger would do pick and roll action. Um, so if you just pressed the right trigger, uh, if you just tapped it, the screener will pick and roll just the normal. He'll set the screen and roll to the basket. Uh, if you hold the trigger up until the point of the screen, he'll do a pick and pop. Um, so that's a that's a way. And and two K I think does a pretty good job of um, of this sort of thing where yeah you've you've got the ability to um, the only the only thing that annoys me about two K is uh, it's always the big man that's closest to you that sets the screen as opposed right. to your best pick and roll man. Okay, how would you, know, you solve that? Well, that would be a menu thing, or specifically a team-wide thing where the better player sets most of the screens. Yeah. Um, for instance, when Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul were playing together in, with the Clippers, most, like, 90% of the time it was Blake Griffin setting the screens. Yeah. But in 2K, if DeAndre Jordan's near Chris Paul, he's the one that's going to set the screen, and you don't want to give DeAndre Jordan the ball at the free throw line and have him ask him to do something, right? You know, 
So that could be something you could either set up in the menu where you could say, who's your primary screener? Yeah, I like that. Um, and, uh, and also just with like the teams, you know, the best player that it happens to be a big man would be the guy that most frequently screens. Gotcha. Um, and then another thing, again, with the alternate, uh, the, the bumpers, uh, if you hit the right trigger with the right bumper, you could initiate a slip from the screener. Uh, nice. And then if you hit the right trigger with the left bumper, the screener can flip the side of the screen. So depending on how quickly you do that, if you do that right away, if you hit the right trigger and the left bumper at the same time, he'll, you know, the, the direction he was coming, he'll change and set the screen. But if you do it at the last second, you know, you hit the, the bumper and hit the, or sorry, the trigger, and then the bumper at the last second, he'll flip it right before you're about to come off of it. Yeah, I uh, like that. Which, um, you know, is a, is a good way to gain an advantage on the pick and roll. Um, let's see. Uh, the the D-pad on offense would activate the play calling. I believe that's the same as, as 2K does yep. it normally. Um, that just seems like a perfect use of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, in terms of uh, shooting, um, the, you know, I mentioned that you, we would be using the right stick to shoot. If you press the right stick towards the basket, it would be more of a um, layup floater, uh, you know, attempt something going towards the rim. Right. Whereas if you're pressing the stick away from the basket, it would be, you know, most likely a jump shot, something going away away from the basket or from where you're currently standing. Right. Um, so, and, you know, you mentioned that there's different, you know, camera angles uh, in the game. Uh, the importance of, like, sometimes, I think we like to play with the 2K view. Yeah. Where you're behind uh, the players looking at them, uh, looking at the offense going towards the other end of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then some people like to, the view where it's like you're a spectator at center court. Right. Uh, where you're seeing a side-by-side view. Uh, so it would be important to, you know, basically have, um, you know, in both of those camera angles, going towards the basket and going away from the basket is something you can easily identify with and understand. Right. Uh, now looking at, um, you know, the defense, uh, the... Um, the A button, I think, in in uh, in two K, uh, it's the same as the switch player. You want to be able to, um, you know, control whoever you want to be able to control. Clicking in the right stick would also do the icon switch, so you could switch to whichever player you want to you want to be. Um, the B button would be to attempt to take a charge. Uh, X would be attempt to steal, and you know, in the same way I mentioned, the the charges would be. Um, a little different in terms of you'd be more likely to get contact, but it'd be a block because when you're attempting a charge, most guys don't just stand there and, and let themselves completely whiff. Right. You know, most guys would rather slide and commit what is a block and try to make it look like a charge. Right. And that would be a lot more prevalent in the game, whereas 2K, it seems like, again, either full contact or no contact at all. Yeah. Uh, but this would also make it, you know, more important for you to, when you're attempting charges, to get it right, or else, again, you'd get in foul trouble. 
Right. Which I think that's one of the biggest problems is people just continue to press the steal and charge buttons. And, you know, if you press it 40 times in possession, you're likely to eventually get it to work. Whereas, in reality, you know, if you're just using that relentlessly, it's you're going to fail more often than not. Exactly. Um, and so with steals, it would be, honestly, I feel like it would be more, if you press the steal button, he genuinely is trying to take the ball, which mm-hmm. would occasionally commit fouls or more often commit fouls than in 2K, but then also put him out of position more. He'll be gambling more. Right. Um, which uh, would allow the opponent then to take advantage and, and get some easy baskets. Uh, and then Y would be to attempt a, uh, a block, contest a shot, or rebound the ball. Um, right stick, I like how 2K, you can put your hands up yep. using that. I think that's a good feature. Uh Obviously, the left stick would still be movement, just like it is on offense. Uh, the D-pad, uh, the the difference here would be, obviously, um, you would have one portion of it be like for zone defense and that sort of thing, if you mm-hmm. wanted to switch between man and that. But another thing I think would be interesting uh, and, and would, you know, um, eliminate the problem of, you know, how all, the, I mentioned all the computer teams kind of play the same. They all feel the same. Uh, a, a way to sort of eliminate that would be to have pick-and-roll coverages, and teams have specific pick-and-roll coverages. Yeah. So, for instance, um, each team would have three pick-and-roll coverages that they could utilize in the game, and each team would have their own specific primary coverage. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Minnesota with Tom Thibodeau, he basically invented icing the pick-and-roll, which essentially is putting the... Um, guy guarding the ball in the way of the screen so that the ball handler has to go the other direction. Yeah. You know, so that would be Minnesota's main primary pick and roll coverage. You know, you look at Portland, I mentioned this in uh, the episode last week, they're uh, in the top five in defense this year, surprisingly, (laughs) uh, because of their pick and roll coverage where uh, the guy guarding the ball handler will go over the top of the screen and the big man will drop all the way back to the basket, essentially. Uh-huh. So they're basically telling the ball handler to either take the open three or take an open mid-range shot, but you're not getting an easy layup. We're not helping off of any of the shooters. Yeah. So you're basically playing two-on-two. Two, yeah. Right? Um, and that's been working out really well for them. But that would be Portland's primary pick-and-roll coverage. And then a team like Golden State, obviously, that has all of these long, switchy players, their primary would uh, would be to switch. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be a really interesting way, and it would be a cool way to mix things up, too. Like, if, if you're not getting stops, you could easily activate a different pick-and-roll coverage and see if that starts working for you. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. That's that's pretty much all I have in terms of the, the control schemes. Is there anything... Um, that you can look at that uh, you know I'm missing there that you think I could uh, I could work on and improve. What yeah. were what were your general thoughts? I really like the the pick and roll stuff because uh, uh-huh. I feel like the D pad doesn't really do much in terms of uh, you know you can pick your defensive schemes, which is you know basically zone or man to man or you know press or any of that, which is cool. And then I think the rest of it might be substitutions and stuff like that. Um, I think that's a really good feature that you could do on the fly on the floor, yeah. Um, which would be really cool. With the defensive stance, would you change their um, 
like how I I always felt like in previous games it wasn't very effective that like you would get in a defensive stance so your legs are bent and you're athletic but you weren't moving very fast laterally yes. or forward and back. Right. So people would just run right past you. Mm-hmm. How would you fix that? So I think the biggest problem with that is that there's a sprint button in 2K. Okay. So in essence, um, offensive players uh, pressing the sprint button were faster than defenders not holding the sprint button and being in a defensive stance. Gotcha. You essentially had to sprint with the sprinter right. to keep up. Yeah. But if there's no sprint to begin with, the defensive stance should um, you know, be a lot more capable of, yes, moving side to side and keeping up. Yeah. Um, now, again, like if a guy's coming at you full speed and you're stationary, mm-hmm. obviously that's going to be a challenge. And you know, people get blown by in the NBA all the time on right. drives. But yes, I, I did I, I did feel that same thing as you, and it, it made it frustrating and, and not very fun to play defense in the game because right. of that, because you almost just felt like you had to predict what direction they were going before they even went there right. so that you could sprint and cut them off, and it would just be a bump. Exactly. <laughs> Which, yeah. As opposed to defense and like cutting them off and making them turn, it would just be... I'm literally going to stop you by bumping into you. Right, which could turn into an animation where you're, if you're on offense, the guy bumps into you and you just walk out of bounds for no reason. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think, again, I think the sprint is a big problem with that. Um, uh, but, but certainly, uh, if you're in a defensive stance, I think you should be better at moving laterally than if you're just standing straight up. Right. Um, right. The the other thing with a defensive stance I think would be important, though, is you'd have to use it conservatively in terms of mm. you don't want to be constantly in a defensive stance because that wastes more energy. So it would be a stamina thing as well. Gotcha. Like, for instance, if you're LeBron James on the Cavs and you're playing him 42 minutes uh, and you're putting him in a defensive stance all the time, he's going to be gassed, right? right? So that's why he doesn't get in a defensive stance most of the time. Right. Um, so it would be something where I feel like, uh, yeah, in in 2K, the defensive stance is almost a negative defensively. It almost hurts you. Right. Whereas in in a game, if, if we had the pleasure of making a, a basketball game, which would be really fun and awesome, but uh, <laughs> it would be a positive. It would be something that would enhance your ability to play de- on-ball defense. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's... That's pretty much uh, all the the different uh, things we had to talk about uh, for 2K. And, uh, of course, I want to reiterate that uh, we we both have a fondness for the game. We, uh, you know, we've we've put in a ton of hours and and played together uh, the game quite a bit. Had uh, quite a few fun nights and also some times where we were a little (laughs) angry at each other as well. Yeah, Um, broke my uh, controller the one time. (laughs) I did, throwing it at the ground. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I can fortunately say I've never done that. But, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, that was that was years ago. Uh, yeah, but um, but certainly uh, this series has uh, you know helped improve our love of the of the sport of basketball and the NBA in general. Uh, and again, you know, we we talked about a lot of the things that we disliked about the game, but we also enjoy quite a bit out of it. And and I think we both sincerely hope that the game gets to another level. 
to the point oh, yeah. where we feel it's a necessary purchase again. Because I would want nothing more from the, a video game uh, than, a, than a basketball game that basically compels me to buy it and play it on a consistent basis. I would absolutely love that. Um, so that'll do it uh, for this episode of Duncan Dynasty for Anthony Brown. I am Garrett Bouguet. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, everybody. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com Internet for details.